All right, this time Dollars Home, Celtic God speaking here with us today is Hans Hugern and the Antlered One. We may or may not have other company. We don't know. And yes, I am aware today is not Groundhog's Day. That is tomorrow. But today is our scheduled day. And um, unfortunately, there isn't enough excitement about this holiday as much as it deserves. Well, not only that, we don't want to compete with all the variety of groundhogs around there because there is more than just phil tiny phil just happens to be the most famous there's orphy uh, w- uh wharton willie and poor jimmy who bit the ear of the mayor and might not be able to purport this year because the mayor was probably an asshole and because uh, the, the mayor's mayor. a cunt so jimmy bit him and now the mayor is trying to have jimmy executed well they released him back into the wild yeah same thing from the mayor's perspective He's like, we do not need this. No more groundhogs shall there be. What an asshole. Fuck it. Bring in a bear for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> the OG uh, February 2nd predictor. <laughs> I mean, really, I don't think animals bite people for no reason. I mean, true, the mayor might not have been doing something at that moment, but I bet you he's a dick. Well, I mean, it's a politician. That's one of the things. Exactly. That's why it's such an easy pick. <laughs> oh, anyways, we forgot to say hello. Uh, hello. Hello. Uh, happy Groundhog Day. Oh. Technically, it is tomorrow, but like most of our ancient holidays, it does start tonight with some bonfires in the respective towns. Unfortunately, I cannot light a bonfire because I do not have access to one and because this state sucks. Michigan's fine, but the, the government sucks. And the cops I'm pretty much anybody in a position of power in this state. Anyway, how are you, Hans? Oh, I'm doing fine. Hans? Very curious to have uh, the second year of my life that I'm aware of Groundhog Day. So I'm <laughs> going to try to follow it up a bit better. Well, or for the first time, really follow it up, I guess. I'm, uh, it's an opportunity for me to learn something new. That's actually maybe interesting to bring up. Apparently, there are some Americans who are surprised that someone from Europe could have a potential interest in, well, what you might say, spirituality of our people in America. And I wonder why would that be so strange? Because it's younger? I don't think so. I think it's just yet another branch of our heritage. And it's totally fine to explore. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is really the reason why, like, we were surprised that you is so interested is because, to be honest, most Europeans, uh, they poo-poo on anything from the the diaspora, as well as many of our own people are like, well, yeah, it's, it's cool and it's fun, but it's not really a pagan thing. And they will just, <laughs> like, crap all over it. Well, like Paul Bunyan. It's one of the things, actually, that excites us about the, uh, the, the people that come in here is... They're like, oh, yay, finally. Yes, I, I I love this stuff, and I'm glad to find out, yes, is actually something of our people. Yeah, like um, Paul Bunyan's the other big one. That's why I often say the joke, which is weirdly accurate, um, that the first two American deities were a lumberjack and a groundhog. So today we're focusing on the groundhog. Right. And uh, there's more than just Groundhog, and there's more than just Phil. Um, because Jimmy is from Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, 
There's one in Canada. There's it's, many in Canada, but it's uh, Wharton Willie, who's an albino. Yes. Uh, there is General Beauregard Lee. Uh, or, General. General Beauregard Lee. Yes, Georgia's charming ex-Confederate groundhog. Oh, yes, I've heard of him. I forgot all about him until just now. Really? Yes, yes, I've, I've, I've heard of him. I didn't realize it was a Groundhog's Day thing, but I've heard of that groundhog. Oh, man. The, the, my favorite thing is they tried to get Groundhog Day started in Texas, and again, the mayor called it off. And why? Because a lot of bad stuff happened to the mayor in a row on that day. So he's like, fuck this holiday. Mayors, man. Mayors. The mayor needs to reassess his life. Let's see. I, uh, uh, this is the description of General Beauregard Lee from Georgia. Georgia's charming ex-Confederate groundhog, General Beauregard Lee, adds a deep South touch to the National Groundhog Day celebration. At the Yellow River Game Ranch in Lowburn, Georgia... Groundhog Bo, as he is generally called, leaves his white column mansion at sunrise on February 2nd, encouraged by crowds of Bo boosters, filling the bleachers shouting, Go Bo! The general makes his annual prophecy. On Groundhog Day 2003, the 23rd annual event at Lilburn, 13-year-old Bo was awakened by Gwinnett County Commissioner John Dunn, ringing an old-fashioned farm bell. Bo did not see his shadow and predicted an early spring. Here are some amusing details of the event from the press release titled Bo to Prophesy Weather and Meaning of Life. General <laughs> Bo Lee, Ph.D., Georgia's official weather prognosticator, will perform his annual shadow-seeking duty, even though the holiday is on Sunday, February 2nd, 2003 at sunrise. Adding to the sp- suspense is Bo's adolescent age of 13 and probably moodiness at being awakened on a wintry weekend. He might prefer southern gospel music on his headset in his bedroom. To encourage the hundreds of visitors, the Waffle House management will provide scattered, smothered, and covered hash browns in Bo's bowl. The bleachers crowded with bow boosters will be provided with pom-poms and cheer sheets for those who have difficulty remembering. Go Bo! Go Bo! Go Bo! <laughs> Architecturally designed swinging doors have been added to Bo's Weathering Heights mansion. This will contribute to the visual impression of Bo's emergence, nose first. And accommodate his waddling form should he decide to emerge. Creative landscaping by Pike Nursery will further adorn Bo's lavish Weathering Heights plantation. The Honorable Sonny Perdoe, newly elected governor of Georgia, has issued a proclamation which recognizes Bo as Georgia's official weather prognosticator and further pays special tribute to him for his precise annual prediction which enables Southerners to effectively prepare for the coming season. Interesting. I'm surprised that he doesn't have a little a little musket. Well, <laughs> uh, that's a picture of him right there. Yeah, yeah. Well, and oh, I've noticed that um, there are a lot of pictures done by these uh, groundhog enthusiasts that will put the groundhog. You know, they'll Photoshop pictures with uh, the groundhog in a suit. The groundhog playing the instruments, the groundhog doing this, the groundhog doing that. It's, it's just amazing. And, and again, there's more animals than just groundhog. It's just that he, that's the most famous one. And Phil is the most famous of the famous groundhogs. Which, interestingly and enough... And it's mostly because of a movie, right? Yeah. Well, he was probably one of the first ones. But uh, Puxatani Phil is sometimes called as the king of Groundhog Day. However, there's also the King Groundhog, who may or may not be the same thing as the Groundhog. 
eternal prophet and controller of the weather. This is an actual thing. Uh, there's entire um, cults. I don't even know what to cult call of groundhogism. Yes. that's actually what it's called. The cult of groundhogism. And, and it, it's it's amusing, and these people take it serious. Um, and it, it's not harmful, so I, I don't mind at all. I'm not going to be like, oh, bad you. No, no, it's it's actually kind of cool where they go with it. And there's a surprising amount of knowledge about groundhogs. Well, and uh, pucks and the groundhog in Pennsylvania Dutch heathenry, uh-huh. similar to Ratatoskr, is uh, a bit of a messenger. Uh, his burrow connects to all the different realms, so the groundhog will go from one to the other. Which then kind of brings us to an idea that we've been toying with, and we need to find an artist for it. But doing a uh, a comic strip is is the the way that we're talking about doing it um, with a comic involving Ratatoskr and. Very potentially a reoccurring character like Phil or the King of the Groundhogs and uh, having other just like background stuff and there um, as if like there's this whole sub reality, I guess, that we're too busy doing our own things to notice. First draft is already written. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's... Go ahead. Well, it's meant to be. It's meant for especially younger people. Although, trying to make it in such a way that it befits all ages that can read. Let's put it like that. Right, kind of fun and silly, but with a serious, uh, a serious message. Something along those lines is kind of the way I describe what we was talking about. You know, it it will it will oh. be fun. Well, wow, that's bad. That that was a serious squeak. Uh, is it better now? Uh, I'm I'm unsure. But what was you saying? How about now? Any issues? No, it's it's still doing it. It's got quieter, but it's still doing it. Well, give me we like we love technology minutes. here. Okay, but yeah, we're we're kind of working up a um, a. Uh, a, a a, a comic strip. I, I have no other way to describe it. We need an artist that can make it real. Um, but we're toying around with different ways to present it. There's nothing concrete yet other than we have a first introductory script to introduct us, uh, to introduce the idea of this comic. And now we'll, uh, you're going to read something. Well, these are the Groundhog Rivals. So these are other Groundhogs besides Puxitani Phil. Oh, which is perfect, because I keep mentioning that there's more than just the one. Arklahoma Will from Arkansas. Balzac Billy from Balzac, Alberta. Birmingham Bill from Birmingham, Alabama. Buckeye Chuck from Marion, Ohio. Chester from St. Louis, Missouri. Chili Charlie from Woodstock, Ontario. Chuck Wood, Los Angeles, California. Poor guy. Connecticut Chuckles, Manchester, Connecticut. Dixie Dan, Tupelo, Mississippi. Dunkirk Dave, Dunkirk, New York. Florida Phyllis, Apopka, Florida. Poor girl. French Creek Freddie, French Creek, West Virginia. General Beauregard Lee in Lilburn, Georgia. Holland Huckleberry in Holland, Ohio. Jimmy, Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, who unfortunately lost his career because of a dumb mare, maybe. <laughs> um, 
Let's see, where was I? Matompkin Max, Matompkin, Virginia. Noah, the one-eyed groundhog, who has sadly been replaced by Mr. Prozac, a llama, after dying. Oh, my. In Oxford, Michigan. We have a llama? That's horrible. I feel It used to be a woodchuck. It used to be a proper groundhog. Um... I mean, I like llamas. They're technically returning home. <laughs> Wait, but still a llama? What the? F- Why would you replace it with a llama? Go, go, edumacation. Uh, Pee Wee, Mile Square Farm, Vermont. Penichuck Chuck, Hollis, New Hampshire. Pierre C. Shadow, New Iberia, Louisiana. Ridgely Larry, Buffalo, New York. Shubinacati Sam, Nova Scotia. Sir Walter Wally, Raleigh, North Carolina. Spike, who has been deceased and is now replaced by a prairie dog in Duluth, Minnesota. At least they kept with the rodents. Uh, Staten Island Chuck, Staten Island, New York. Tennessee Groundhog, Silver Point, Tennessee. They were not very creative there. Unadilla Bill, Unadilla, Nebraska. And Wharton Willie, Wharton, Ontario. Right, well... A lot of them aren't very creative. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. But hey, fuck it. At least they're doing a thing. Yeah, it's been spreading. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, Michigan, the llama must be pretty new. Because I do remember when I was a kid, we had a woodchuck, and then I read um, read historical documents where it was a bear before that. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, I'm not, I don't remember the years. I think the bear was in like the 1940s or 50s. Well, and I, then people got scared of it. Yeah. Weaklings. Yeah. Well, while we're waiting on Hans, here's another thing I'd like to read. This is the Oath of Allegiance of the Groundhog Creed in the Groundhog Lodges and Cult of Groundhogism. Okay. We believe in the wisdom of the groundhog. We declare his intelligence to be of a higher order than that of any other animal from the tick of the blackberry to the elephant of the jungle. We rejoice that he can and does foretell with absolute accuracy the weather conditions for the six weeks following each second day of February. We rejoice further that he is magnanimous and permits other hogs, prophets, and almanacs to employ their talents on the remaining 46 weeks of each year. We assert that if he was more of a man and less of a hog, he would form a trust and do all the prognosticating, <laughs> thereby sending bears, hicks, goosebone, and other hot air artists to the woods. To defend him, his family, and his reputation, we pledge ourselves. To guard him as he slumbers, his habitations, and his haunts, we pledge ourselves. To welcome him to our clover fields, we bid him dig and delve. Invite him to sit on the top rail of our fences to relax and make general survey. We could stay the hand of desperate men who would slay him. We would kill the dog that would excite and ruffle his temper. To defend him with all her might and at all hazard, we pledge ourselves. Our manservants and our maidservants, our oxen, our asses, and our assets as a whole. That that was the end of it? That was the pledge. All right. Which is... Sure. It's great. I mean... Honestly, I find it silly, but silly is not necessarily bad. Silly can be very, very good. So, sometimes we need to be silly. And and I'm sure that they they realize 
it's silly, but they're playing it up, even though it's serious. Because it is a serious thing. It's part of who and what we are. But they, they're they intentionally taking it into this place where they're pointing out just how ludicrous it is at the same time. Yes. But they also take it seriously. That's the fun bit. Yes, it's serious fun. And here is a poem about the groundhog. Since first a groundhog had a tail, one sign was never known to fail. From prehistoric times till now, to one great truth all humans bow. The truth is this, no birds will sing, nor flowers appear of early spring. When ere it happily comes to pass, the groundhog sees on Candlemas his shadow on the ground. Why this should be we do not know, except that gods have willed it so. Wouldst thou be wise, by truth abide, take all the gifts the gods provide with reverence profound. Very, very Christian with reference to more than one god. Yes. Which is something else that they acknowledge, even though, uh, from what I understand, most of the people involved would be like, oh yes, I'm Christian. And yet they still go through the effort of recognizing multiple gods. Well, it's hard to, do, to not do that when you and have And basically worshipping one. The groundhog. <laughs> it's amazing. And openly doing so. Knowingly doing so. That's that's the amazing bit. Uh, I see Hans hop back in. So hopefully his mic's working good now. Let's test it out. Is it any better? Yes. yes. Now ask me if it's perfect. The answer is no. But it's good. It's good. Nothing beats real life communication. Right. Where were we at? Uh, let me see. We was, was talking about uh, a little bit about the comic strip that we were hoping to find an artist for. Uh, that We don't want it to be a realistic looking squirrel. We want it to be a cartoony looking squirrel. Uh, so we was talking about that. And then um, Ike read us a poem. I guess um, at the end of the stream, I'll leave my email in the chat. And if anyone knows an artist or wants, or maybe you are an artist that's interested in this, you can always reach out to me. And we'll well, and it. for the podcast listeners, just in case it's somebody that only listens on the podcast, your your email is actually Hans underscore Hugerin uh, at ProtonMail? Gmail? He doesn't remember. No, it's it's Hans. Uh, Hans dot Hugren. Oh, dot. ProtonMail. Okay. Yeah, so dot. At ProtonMail, you said? At ProtonMail.com. Okay, so Hans dot Hugren at... Uh, I forgot again. Proton. ProtonMail.com. So, yes. Yes. Uh, that, that way, if somebody's listening on, um, on uh, the podcast... And only listening on the podcast, they don't actually require the the link. And if you remind me when, because we'll still be talking after the show, you remind me, I'll actually put it in the description of the uh, of the episode. Sure thing. So I got a few more I'd like to read really quick, just because I, I like these. Um, here's another poem. As age on age revolved, men gradually evolved. 
on higher aims resolved, grew less rapacious than when a brighter age illumined history's page. Appeared the Groundhog Sage, wise and sagacious, before the fall of Troy and Homer's epic on many a distant wold, by classic rivers old, great groundhog seers had told tidings prophetic. And here's another one. Oh, uh, before you read that, though, I want to let people know out there that, because there's Americans that are completely oblivious to Groundhog's Day. Um, there's, like, Puxatani, uh, yeah, uh, for the Puxatani Phil, they actually live stream it. And they're uh, on their site. I can't remember what their site name is. Uh, uh, somebody had shared it earlier to us. I'll stick it right here. Uh, if you can read it for the people on the podcast, because that will be up tonight. Uh, it looks like www.groundhog.org. Right. And I believe that they're going to start their stream tomorrow at 6.30 a.m. their time. So that's Eastern, Eastern Standard Time. So, yeah. And... and there's other ones that stream it as well, so you can kind of watch and get a feel for, you know, the fun and celebration if you can't make it. We was hoping that a friend of ours could make it this year to give us the inside scoop so that we could share it, but I'm not sure if he's going to be able to do that. I actually lost track of dates, so I was going to remind him, and I'm not sure if he's going to make it or not, so here's hoping. Uh, and then... Other stuff that I'll bring up later. Go ahead and read the, the next poem. Uh, tell me, O Mother Earth, in icy fetters bound, is there no prophet true in this world to be found? No wizard weather wise whose bosom swells with truth, truth, who never utters lies but always speaks the truth. The cold world shook her chains from pole to pole and answered, Mortals, seek the groundhog's hole. I do have a question. Is there any special drink that, like these groundhog cults, the uh, cult of groundhog, groundhog punch? They drink a groundhog punch. Yes. Do you drink groundhog punch? And in terms of uh, Puxatawney Phil, is there a recipe for the groundhog punch? I do. I doth wonder. Uh, let me look. It might be a protected thing, but uh, groundhog punch, uh, and supposedly there's a magical version that works a lot like Idun's apples, uh -huh. where they give it to. Phil, and he's supposed to get seven more years of life. Ah. <laughs> and they do this every year, so he's way ahead. Way ahead of the curve. Or do they only give him the punch once every seven years? I don't know. I think they try to make sure he gets it regularly, just in case. I'm looking. Look, so what can we as pagans do to celebrate this time of year, whether it's a groundhog or a chipmunk? Or a squirrel, or a bear, or a fox, or a badger, or a what? Uh, hedgehogs, I think, were also used. H hedgehogs, yeah, it's the bears. So what can we popular. do? If you have some property, or you're able to to light an outside fire, you can go outside and light the fire and drink some punch and sing some songs and well, uh, gather some friends around, well, if, if possible, friends and family around. And light your fire and sing your songs and drink your punch and just celebrate the new spring that's coming up. Yeah, and like here's the thing is they do that uh, at Puxatan, uh, at the ho the traditions of Groundhog Day. They actually light a bonfire the night before and everyone sort of crowds around because it's cold. And they dance and they sing songs and there's like chocolate Play groundhogs games. and there's vendors of traditional foods. 
And then it's this huge party where everyone's like, yay! When the groundhog comes out, whether it's Beauregard, whether it's Phil, whether it's Orphy, whether it's Willie, Jimmy, poor Jimmy. Betty the Bear, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, it's just a springtime celebration, and it's one that we should actually be aware of and participate in as best we can. Well, it's a, it, in many ways, it's the American descendant of Imbolc, because it's sort of the blending of Imbolc, Candlemas, and these pre-Christian German customs that created the modern day. And then when they came over here, they became Groundhog Day. And actually, in Alaska, they have Mar Marmot Day, because they have more marmots than Groundhog. And it started in the early 2000s, actually... The Marmot uh, Day, right? Yeah, Marmot Day in 2002. Uh, and it was specifically started because they were worried about the folk culture and folkways of Alaska fading. So the the politicians actually seemed to give a shit about that and actually started this holiday. They renamed Groundhog Day, which they already had to Marmot Day. And the focus went from the, the Pennsylvania Dutch, where this tradition does originate from, uh -huh. to Alaskan culture. They would talk about, you know, all the different kinds right, of Which shows marks. that if you're if you're trying to to breathe life back into the, the folk culture, I guess, and you don't know where to start, look at our other folk, and we can start there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Be like, oh, they do this thing. That's pretty cool. Let's do something like that, but for oriented around where we're at. Well, like, uh, the U when you were up in the UP when you were a kid, uh, the Upers had a bear. Yes, and actually there was a Michigan bear before that bear, because the, the Michigan bear was before I was born. Um, but then, yeah, we had local customs where we used a bear because there was a guy with a bear farm, or I believe that's what it's called, is a bear farm. So we used the bears, and everybody would go gather there, and there'd be a celebration there, and we'd just watch for the bear to see if it came out to see what the, all the noise was about. Uh, if it if it did come out, aw, there's six more weeks of, win uh, of winter. If it does come out, yay, in early spring. So nobody intentionally woke the animal up, but we also wasn't necessarily quiet. Because if it's truly hibernating, we aren't going to wake it up short of poking it with a stick. Poke, poke. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and most of these animals, too, um, because there's been years where Puxatani Phil didn't show up. And what they do is they go through the motions of looking in the box, and oh, and they don't pull him out. It's because he's not awake. So they don't typically actually wake these animals up. If they're actually hibernating, they just let them hibernate. And then they'll go through the motions in public as if he's still sleeping in the box. Well, and what you could say it is to a certain extent. Well, first of all, these animals are treated like kings. Um, and in many cases, like... Uh, no, no, they're not treated like kings. They're treated like gods. Yes. And, um... But the, um... The big thing with, uh... Well, effectively it is, is it's like I brought up... There is the groundhog, and then there is all the groundhog prophets. Right. So they're effectively... It's like... The messengers. Yes. Of the groundhog. The groundhog. groundhog. Yes. The controller of weather. And effectively what it is, it's sort of like how you have the oracles of Delphi with uh, Apollo. Right. They are not themselves Apollo, but they have the gift of prophecy from Apollo. Right. So that's basically what all these little groundhogs are. They are themselves the, 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 the speakers for the groundhog. Yes. And then they have their caretakers. And I want to thank Boudica for making hats and getting socks done for CG. She's almost done with one. 
Almost one already? Yeah. Holy crap, she's good. She's fast. <laughs> she knows what she's doing. Socks socks take some time and they're... Because uh, women in my family, for instance, they, they made these things. They they claim socks was the hardest ones to make because you got to fit fit them to the, the feet and then there, there's the shape of it. And yeah, so bravo. I mean, I'm impressed because she just started at what, yesterday? Uh, a few days ago, I think. But she's also been doing hats the whole time. Yeah, I mean, it, wow. That is that is some talent to yes. do it that quick. I don't care if it was last Thursday that she started uh, on the socks. Holy shit, that's fast. You heard it here first, Boudica. You are very fast and talented. Um, and I don't know if anyone can, can tell from my voice. I think CG can see the, the big smile on my face. This is one of my favorite holidays. I love Groundhog Day. I love it. Um, so here's another poem, and then we can, uh, I'll stop reading an endless series of poetry. But um, this one is called... Get a little closer to the mic there, Pat. Uh, sorry. This one is called I Am the One Great Forecaster. And this is supposedly a Puxatani's Groundhog Boast. Oh, I am the boss of the weather. I'm monarch of heat and cold. I'm all the great seers put together, and I'm more than a million years old. The Goosebone, the Big Weather Bureau, the Quarryville Pig, they are fakes. On Candlemas Day, they all fade away in the blaze of the greatest of snakes. Then bow to your lord and your master, and hail to the Sultan of Sleet. For I am the one great forecaster, the rest of them cringe at my feet. Now hearken to me, hear this my decree, or by all the gods be accursed. Hereafter I say, your Candlemas Day shall happen on April the 1st. <laughs> oh, that was the end of it? I yeah. thought I interrupted with my laughter. No. <laughs> but that's, that's the thing with, with pagan holidays is they should be fun. And so many people are coming from these other mindsets. And they, they want to make everything overly serious and overly ceremonial and over just too much. Um, where is there a, a ceremony for Groundhog's Day? Sure is. But is it overly serious? Absolutely not. They go through the same motions every year doing the exact same thing. But you don't have people looking at the skies with their palms upraised. No, everyone's having a good time. I mean, they, people gather gather around, and they will pause in whatever it is that they're doing to turn and watch the ceremony. Then they cheer. Then they continue with what they're doing. Well, and everyone loves Phil. Everyone loves Phil. Like there are other groundhogs, and I think I want those to continue. It's like I love the tradition, right? Because Phil should not um, squash down the other ones with his famousness. No, but they do have, he does have a nice little rivalry with another uh, Pennsylvania Dutch groundhog. It's not in the same area, but it's uh, in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, his name is Orphe. And there's a distinct difference between Orphe and um, and uh, Phil, because Orphe's, fa or Orphe's cult, uh, instead of wearing uh, these nice dress shirts with their top hats, they wear nightgowns. Because, you know... Oh yeah, I've seen pictures of that. I thought I thought that was a Phil thing, but uh, apparently it's, it's, it's an Orphy thing. Orphy, it's the old school nightgown with like the 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 fancy hat with the little poof ball on the, on the end. And it's because it's because he's he's hibernating and or just waking up, so it's to reference that. 
that this is sleepy time for the groundhog. And um, I, I've even seen pictures where they're where they're holding like uh, you know the iron candle holder with the candle lit on it as they gather around for the ceremony. And it's it's all in fun. And is it ceremonious? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, is it ritualistic? Yes, yes, it is. Is it overly organized? Absolutely not. <laughs> there, there's there's organization there because people know where to show up and when to show up, and there's general things that's going on, but. You know, people aren't lining up rank and file. They aren't sitting in in seats. It's all lined up nice and square. They aren't forming a perfect circle around it. They they just show up. Well, and these are the um, these are the official titles of the uh, the inner circle for Phil: Cloud Builder, Fog Spinner, Storm Chaser, Big Flake Maker, Dew Dropper, Iceman. Stump Warden, Head Hailmaker, and Burrow Master. The Burrow Master and, and uh, Stump Maker? Um, those are two titles I've heard. The rest of them are all new by me. Yeah, they always... And uh, Orphe has a similar uh, titles. I forget what his are. Let me see if I can find it. And, and Hans is over there just gnawing on himself saying, I can't, I can't, I can't go and participate in these. That'd be fun. Because they are, they, they draw huge crowds for whatever area they're in. If there's, if you're in an area where there's a thousand people, usually six hundred of them will show up. If you're in an area where there's ten thousand, usually several thousand will show up. Hey Hello, everyone! Oh, Hailstorm oh, hey. joined us. Happy Groundhog Day! Yay! Happy Groundhog Day! And can you call call it in bulk? Sure. Sure, you can call it in bulk. We're going to call it Groundhog's Day. Why? Because we can. Well, and here's uh, the uh, let's see. Or it looks. I'm actually excited to watch the stream tomorrow. I'm unknown if Orphe is a physical groundhog or if they use a stuffed groundhog. I really hope they use a real groundhog. Uh, but I don't know what they do now, but it used to actually be a real groundhog. Orphe, so I'm guessing it still is. Orphe is the principal Pennsylvania rival and competitor of Puxatani Phil. And words have been exchanged through the years between the Groundhog <laughs> groups. Quarryville calling Phil commercial and Puxatani labeling Orphe an upstart. <laughs> Oof, Groundhog rivalries and everything. Right, yes, yes. Uh, they even have a... a the most serious of rivalries. Uh, they've had cross-dressing Miss Orphe contests. It's... <laughs> It's a weird thing. It, this hey, is whatever. <laughs> it's it's not a it's not a drag queen thing. It's literally supposed to be a joke. Yes, because we are such a serious serious people all the time. Okay, I found. Uh... And this is one thing I actually like about Groundhog's Day. For instance, it 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 allows us and encourages us to be silly. Yeah, it's it's a whimsical holiday. It's one of my favorite things about it. It's like. It's like there's an entire movie. Like, there is just one Groundhog Day movie. But everyone's freaking heard of it. All right, uh, before we continue, I'm going to pause here for a commercial break. And here we go. And by the way, today's, um, today's episode, I named it Phil and the Army of Darkness. Yes. Because it's silly. It's like uh, the Army of Darkness movie. Yeah. 
And it plays off from the joke that we say all the time when, when <laughs> Phil is pulled out. You don't understand the armies of darkness are marching out of the south. No, no, this has nothing to do with spring. I bring tidings of the gods. The war's coming. Why won't you listen to me? So that that's why today's title. It, it's We shouldn't be overly serious all the time. I mean, we can be dramatic and be silly at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, I, I just love it. Because it's just a bunch of fun. And everyone takes it a little bit seriously, but it's it's fun. And I can't be the only one that's been to a celebration similar to this. Like, I've never been to the Puxitani Phil thing. And, and I would love to go there, but I've never been. But I have been to celebrations like this. I can't be the only person in this conversation. Like, I don't mean just me, like Hans and, and Violet, but... In the audience, there has to have been somebody that participated in something like this. If so, please share. Have Have you been to anything like this, um, um, hailstorm? Yeah. Uh, only I, once. Oh, okay. Only once when I was uh, very young, around six or seven, I believe. Yeah, it was when I was um, visiting a family member in Ontario. Amazing. It was a fairly small gathering, though. I, I don't think we were at one of the main events, so. <laughs> well, there's a lot of groundhogs, but Punxsutawney gets all the love. Right. Well, and the thing is, like, the, the ones I went to, they they weren't huge in the sense of what people would think of as huge. But they were huge for where we was at, because it, it's a small town and a sparsely populated county, but still, three 400 people would show up. That's a lot for for where I grew up at. Three, four people would sh- bring themselves out in the cold, spend days actually building up a fire because there was a whole crew of people that basically managed it and spend two, three days building up a big fire. Actually, it's like three, four fires and setting everything up so everybody could just get together and, and, and celebrate. Well, I found the, the names of Orpheus crew instead of um, instead of uh, Phil's crew. This is the names of uh, the inner circle for uh, Orphe. Whole Renewal Administrator, Shadow Snooper, Doctor of Arctimus Physics, Slumber Specialist Third Class, Progenitor of Prognostication Planning, Weather Forecast Actuary, Guardian Against False Weather Forecasters, <laughs> Bifocal Shadow Gazer, Superintendent of Mediocre Entertainment. Exalted Groundhog Catcher. Uh, the With an official called the Duke of Dutchification. Oh, man, uh, what was it? Uh, where was it? Arctimus. Yeah, Arctimus Physics. The, the art of Groundhog Day weather forecasting. <laughs> the science of it. Uh, it I, I love this stuff. You wonder how many books in the library of Alexandria were filled with titles like that for all manners of deities, you know? Just books full of just fun stuff from generations before, that, you know, those people at the time. So, yeah. Well, uh, again, one of the important things about Groundhog's Day is because I've noticed everybody when they they come back uh, start waking I 
fill in my gibberish with English, do, do a run translation. Because paganism doesn't actually, it's not a good descriptor, neither is heathenry. There, it, when they remember who they are, let's roll with that one this time. When people remember who we are as a people, oddly, they always come in super serious. Super serious, super academic, super scholarly. Everything's got to be serious and, and really ceremonial and super structured. And really, you don't get... And uh, the, the, the breadth of celebrations that we do, you don't get much closer uh, in the common perception to what it is that we actually are, how it is that we do things, than Groundhog's Day. Um, there's some close seconds. Halloween and stuff like that. Uh, Halloween, uh, uh, the, the Krampus runs, the Perchta things. Those are all... Oh, and yeah. there's still some influence there because in some of those are still pretty structured. And it's not that we don't have structure. It's fun. It's just not structured in the way like the churches like to structure things. That's a Middle Eastern thing. Watch how they do anything. They are complete fucking chaos and then complete order. We are perpetually in that middle place. Well, uh, and it's um, like the Krampus runs or um, the Mammothones, which actually the Mammothones are happen either just happened or they're happening really soon. But Mammothones are like actually around this time. The, I posted it back in winter, but it's actually uh, more this time period for uh, for a carnival custom. Mm -hmm. And carnival's coming up. That's that's another that's that's a wild hunt tradition basically combined yes. with a lot of other stuff. It's we got a lot of holidays coming up. You got Baba Marta. You got Carnival. You got us. You got Easter. Right. Well, and with the the Great Hunt and the Wild Hunt, depending on where you are, is which one's which. Uh, some have a perpetual year round. It's just these are the heights. These are the ones that are going to be everywhere. But there are some areas where there's a hunt that's year round. I mean. Um, uh, I forget what it is it's titled, but the um, the she that run around Ireland. That's a perpetual hunt. Oh, the um, the, the riders of the she, no, not the riders of the she. Yeah, the riders of the she are the ones that actually participate, in it, and they switch out. Oh yeah, the the that one. That's year round. Yeah, the riders of the she. There, um, there's the summer hunt, summer version, and the winter version, and they swap out. Right, but it still goes year round. There's there's heights, and depending on exactly where at, there might be four, there might be two. So yeah, and depending on where you are in Europe, that might be called a, or from in Europe, it might be um, called something completely different, but it's still the same thing. Okay. Like the, the hunts, the the hunts of the she. That's not necessarily for animals. No, no, especially the winter one. There, there are some cool I'm, bastards. Um, I'm trying to be delicate about it. No, yeah, the, but it's uh, they're hunting uh, enemies of the people, yes. both from within and without. Yes. So that's that's as delicate as I could be with it. Well. Here's another uh, Groundhog Day poem. I know I said I wouldn't do any more, but I like this one. This one's actually by one of the Groundhog Lodges, I think, from Quarryville, which is where Orphe's from. Um, As you journey on life's road with its ever-changing load, smiles and sorrows, joys and ills, and in its valleys and its hills, pause as you go on your way, 
Join in keeping Groundhog Day. Help to celebrate the Feast of Prophets, not the least. Fact, he's greatest of them all. Lean or stout or short or tall, any shape or any size, he's the wisest of the wise. In the springtime summer, too, when you've little else to do, you may see him in the fields, gathering what nature yields, rambling round and having fun, maybe basking in the sun. But when comes the chilly breeze, whistling sharply through the trees, he retires beneath the ground where he rests in slumber sound. Not a care upon his soul, income tax or lack of coal, gathering the facts together to forecast the future weather. Scientists all take back seat when the groundhog does his feet. Groundhog knows just what to do, renders information true. Doesn't resort to guessing tricks, goosebones, willy worm, or hicks. Not for almanacs he cares, doesn't even look at bears. And is quite suffused with smiles, if he is mentioned, Dr. Miles. Then on the appointed day, he comes forth and has his say, gives his findings sane and sound to the waiting world around. Makes no charge and asks no fee. fee. All's as free as free can be. Take your hat off to the sage, greatest one of any age. Any age or time or place, he is the one who sets the pace. Pause as you go on life's way, join in keeping Groundhog Day. Most important date of all, summer, winter, spring, or fall. Homage pay unto the sage, greatest prophet of the age. Oh, did you break up? No, no, that was the end of it. And then I was giving him some um, some technical advice so that people could hear him more clearly. But yeah, it's um there there's there's many of these traditions all through the year and it's not that everything is silly because some things are are um are serious, but the serious things have a tendency to be very very serious like um Funerals. A, a funeral is a very serious affair until it's time to not be serious. Uh, the wake, for instance. That, that's For my family's tradition, we're serious right up until after the, the body is um, interred. And then at that point, we have a party to break that, um, that grieving process. In which case, then, usually it turns into... A several hour roast of whoever it was that died. That sounds that sounds about accurate. I mean, it always starts off so I'm heartbroken. An hour or so in, everybody's laughing like maniacs. Well, like uh, it's like big fish. Everyone's was sad right up until the body was in the ground, uh, and then they were all telling the stories and legends of the guy and basically continuing his story. Yes. Uh, so that that's a serious one, but Groundhog's Day, not to bring everybody down, Groundhog's Day is an example of the other extreme of that. Um, weddings actually would be the opposite extreme. There, is it serious? Yes. Yes, it is serious. But it's also fun. Or it should be fun. It's not a fucking funeral. We only have funerals when our people die. Other than that, fun, we try- it's uh, done wrong. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I would make that argument for most of our celebrations, which is why I just cringe when I see some of these, some of these things done, and everybody is just overly somber, overly serious, overly ritualistic. 
it's not a funeral, people. Why are you behaving as if you're shackled or beaten or chained or you're heartbroken? This <laughs> should not be. That's the thing. Perhaps that's exactly what they realize in a way. If they are bound to, well, let's say certain dogmas, doctrines, institutions, then perhaps that's the very reason why they are so serious is because they can't find any joy out of life otherwise. You know, with all that's, all the, uh, what would you call that? Unwanted. Mm, no, I can't find it. Dang. Yeah, uh, Responsibility is not quite a word, uh, you know, more like in, you know, duties that are imposed on you, duties that aren't, you know, aren't, don't need to be there in the first place. Right, and the thing is, our, our celebrations, our ceremonies, our rituals in general should be the celebration of life. We are a, while we might be dubbed as a death cult, what is it that we focus on? It's the life, it's the living part. Uh, what what is the good of living if you spend your entire life crying? Exactly. So that's well, and the thing is, is okay. I've noticed through various languages, you got different religions, ideologies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They'll be well. This religion is all about love and peace. What it what they end up doing though is the complete opposite of that. With us, they claim that we're war cults and death cults. But what is it that we do? We prepare for war, but we avoid it when possible. And we live life and, and laugh whenever possible. We focus on the living part, not on the dying part. And yet we're considered a death cult. Because everybody's like, yeah, death is a thing. It's. But what happens up before that point? So we focus on the living part, where these... Life cults, they focus on death and what's after that. So it's it's like intentionally titled backwards. It's weird. I, I don't quite understand why other than propaganda. See, that's like, it's the inverse. I mean, nobody, for example, this easy example, right? Nobody following a, an organized religion that has the imagery of a corpse on a cross all over the place yeah, someone who follows that has no right whatsoever to accuse another of being a death cult. That is ridiculous. That is the that's just looking at at, at the world around you backwards. Mm -hmm. It actually is. Well, it's like that's the religion the of peace. Of backwardness. It's like the religion of peace. What is it that they do? They perpetually war. Uh, uh, religion of understanding and uh, enlightenment. What is it? They're, they're just fucking muddled messes. Oh, our religion is about enlightenment and understanding. And they're fucking borderline retards. Like, like um, the, the, the one movie there, the interaction between death and the guru. Who's actually the smart one there? Yeah, I love that scene. And it, it so blatantly explains the difference between a European way of thinking... And this Eastern way of thinking. Well, there's a lot of people that live in the East that are like, India is not the East! <laughs> it's East of us. They're not Asians! And all the Indians are going, yes, we are indeed the Asians. <laughs> uh, 
Well, ever since they decided to shoo all the whites in that area, the Takarians and whatnot, and well, anyways, yeah. So there's. So we're not trying to get all all heavy, but I'm trying to point out that most holidays should be actually be and celebrations should be actually fun. Yeah, done much like Groundhog's Day, uh, Winter Time, uh, even Halloween. Halloween, but what about all the scary stuff? Yes, and the scary stuff should be fun. Yes, it's like... Is there a moment for seriousness in it? Oh, for sure. For sure. But in general, it should be fun. It should be something that people want to do. Yeah, Halloween's my favorite holiday. Uh, And I love it. I've never done it properly. I'm lucky if I can get the time in to actually carve the pumpkins. Oh, I'm looking forward to when we have a town and we send... All the kids out camping because hopefully we'll have lots of kids and we send them all camping out into this little area and then have all the men take turns patrolling the area to make sure that the kids are all right, but not let the kids know that we're doing it. Oh, like the uh, dressed as spirits. Yes. And that's not... Like like my family tradition. And basically it scared the living shit out of them. Any kid that's brave enough to pursue the monster passes. They, They are no longer... A child. They might not be an adult, but they are no longer a child because they had the courage to to break the spell. So, yeah, I'm I'm actually looking forward to us returning to doing things like this, and not just as as one little group, which is great, <clears throat> but where it's entire communities that's doing this. Yeah, it's. Our holidays have been commercialized. They've been so commercialized that they're not even commercialized anymore. They're literally just purchased. Yes. Because commercialized implies there's still something there of use. But they've turned it into a product. Yes. Halloween is now a product. Uh, Yule is a product. Um, Easter is a product. Well, it was a product. not a very popular product. Well, it's dying because not enough people are still doing it. Right. Well, that's because the fun's been sucked out of it. That one's... Been, well, it's um, a fertility ritual that had all the fertility pieces ripped away. Yeah. Because, well, that's degenerate. You can't let young men and young women go off together. You can't let young men and young women dance together. And You can't. Well, actually, it's the opposite of degenerate. Because the, the actual term... It's actually supposed to be innocent. Yeah, it's... it's their Romance. What happened to romance? It's like everyone's talking about how they, they would like to be wooed and courted once more. They'd like romance in their life. Right up until somebody tries doing it for them. And then all of a sudden it's creepy or it's, um, it's weird. It's, we're, we're, people want this romanticized version and then they fight it when it happens. It's yeah. the weirdest thing. And that's not from personal experience, by the way. That's just an observation. So anyone who's like, oh, you've just been rejected. No, no I'm actually, I'm fine. <laughs> but the... um. It's about having fun. I mean, it's it's like I have... I have well, a, that's how you build community is through fun. But, you don't build community by getting on a stick and whipping the shit out of each other. I mean, you can, but it has to be fun. But, I mean, you don't build community by having one person with a huge stick chase everybody else around. Oh, wait. If you make that fun, you can. But you know where I'm trying to go with it, where it's punishment. You can't build a, a community wrapped around punishment. You build a community wrapped around fun and excitement. That's what will actually bring people together. The other one just makes people fear each other. Yeah, it's... 
holidays are not supposed to be this rigorous, exhausting thing. It's supposed to be fun. The yeah. lighting of the tree is supposed to be fun. Trick-or-treating is supposed to be fun. The Easter egg hunt is supposed to be fun. But, you know, like my parents, we used to do actual Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. And then on the tail end, when, you know, me and my little brother were getting a little too... We're, we weren't too old, but they pretty much... They stopped dying eggs. Well, most people don't even do eggs anymore. Eggs used to... This, the egg sales around Easter used to just skyrocket. Like, they'd have to hold eggs back so that there'd be enough eggs on Easter. And, yeah. Nobody does it no, anymore. Nobody does it anymore. Now it's all plastic eggs because the... Well, the real eggs are too... Too time consuming. It's too hard. It's too this. It's too that's, that. That's what my family said. Is they stopped doing that. They got those plastic eggs. And, and they these put ones jelly here, beans. then you put the candy in it, and they they try to rationalize it away, but it really does remove a lot of the hands on of it. Commercializes it. Well, and part of the issue is um, Easter. It's not originally just a holiday for kids. There is a focus on the kids. Don't get me wrong. It is about the young. It is about fertility. It is about new life. Most of my generation have not had kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you, occasionally you'll see someone running around, and God's bless them, they're having like five, six kids. But mostly, people my own age, we don't tend to have kids right now. And on top of that, um, if they do, there's maybe one or two. And a lot of them are not doing well financially, especially after what happened. Well, and they're, they're beat up and not happy. and. You, that's why we've been really stressing the importance of being able to laugh is because it gives the kids something to want to be when they grow up. Yeah, it's because even I've actually brought this up before. When I was a kid, I didn't want to grow up. And it wasn't because I liked being a kid. I fucking hated being a kid. It's the just adults looked, looked like, their lives, like their lives sucked. Everyone was exhausted. There was no benefit. Complaining about their life all the time. Screaming. They were always in a bad mood. I mean, it, it made it a, being an adult seem like a kind of personal, inescapable hell. And people wonder why my own generation is so childish. So, yeah, that's why we need to focus on the, on the fun. Exactly. And, and go through that extra step of boiling the eggs, coloring the eggs... And if you're one of the people that can do like the eggshell carving, do that. Even if you can only do one, do that just to show beauty and wonder. We we need to do this for our people. And Groundhog's Day, it's I love how how deeply these people are getting into it. Where they're writing poetry about it, they got clubs and and cults around it, and entire stories. All flush around totems, this recipes. Like I just posted a couple. These aren't Groundhog Punch. Groundhog Punch recipe is protected. However, these are some fan recipes. One's alcoholic, one's not. One's more like an herbal tea. Uh, yeah. So if you're at home and you're listening on the on the pot or on the podcast where you can't see the links, look up some of the, uh, a punch recipe. Go out tonight. Build a fire. Uh, grab your family by the, the short hairs if you have to. Drag them out there. Make them sing if you have to. Whip them with a stick. And make them drink and sing and encourage them to have fun. It's not a somber thing. Nobody's dying in this. No. <laughs> Nobody's dying in this celebration. So don't act like that. And even if you have to, go out by yourself. And be some kind of fool. and Have fun. Yeah. 
Blow off some... That's what these holidays are for. It's like... Even uh, something like St. Patrick's Day. It's descended of a heathen holiday. It's been thoroughly Christianized. But what does everyone do? They get drunk and have a good time. Yeah. And having fun... Having fun is not degenerate. No. We know when that line has been crossed. So just don't cross that line. It's okay to, to have a drink. It's not okay to get just vomity drunk. Especially in public. Or especially in public. Um, it's okay to dance and have fun. But keep your clothes on and don't be gyrating in people's faces, I guess. You yes. know, just don't cross that line. You know where it is. Just don't cross that line and have fun. Preferably with people if you can. And honestly, the more people that you can get involved, you don't even have to tell them it's a pagan thing. Just, oh, hey, gonna, I want to have a bonfire tonight. Let me see if any of any of the people I know want to come over for, for a bonfire. I mean, really anything. You don't even have to tell them what it is. My family, we'd hold celebration ceremonies, rituals, stuff like that. For some of them, we'd invite in, you know, um, it, Friends of friends of the family, and they would show up, and they had no idea what they was participating in. Like they didn't know that there was a ceremony, they didn't know that there was a ritual. They just showed up and thought it was a party, just thought that they was having fun. And yeah, there's there's that thirty seconds where we hail our ancestors to those that came before, to those that are here, and those that come after. I raised a strict. And that's it. So they didn't even realize that they was participating in something like that. Yeah. it's They just thought it was a, a momentary blip in the fun. Well, I don't understand why everyone tries to make heathen holidays so unrecognizable. I, I, I can't help but think it's because they're coming from Christianity. So any and, and they approach paganism as if it's a religion rather than who we are. Well, so therefore it needs that religious structure. But it doesn't work like you like. Yeah, it just doesn't work that like that. Well, and I know a lot of people are trying. They're trying to get back to stuff, man. And, and I applaud the efforts. I, I, I've, I've been seeing it. There's efforts, but they're coming at it as if it's a religion and not who we are. And that that's where they're fucking up. Is they're approaching it as if it's a religion and not who we are. We can do the same things. And it's a completely different environment if you approach it from it's just who we are. As soon as you approach it as a religion, now everything needs this hyperstructure. Which it loses the magic with that hyperstructure. You need to stand here and here and here and here. Chant these exact words, keep drawing a circle. Uh, whatever. It, it, yeah, it just loses it. And really, I think it's because they're coming from uh, other religions and they're approaching us. As if we are a religion, a structured religion of the same idea. And it's not. It, it is who we are. Well, I, I mean, really, most people, you have a you do a ceremony every morning when you get up and you don't even realize it. You get up, you do, you, you might get up, you get dressed, so you're getting ready for your day. And then you go out and you make your coffee. And you will go through the same motions every day. That is a ritual. That is your coffee-making ritual. You will tend, tend to get the same cup, pour the, the coffee in there, 
the same way, pick it up with the same hand, drink it the same way every day. That is a ritual. You go to the same place and sit down. You are performing a ritual. It is, it's not that complicated. It looks like you're having some really deep thoughts or spaced out and went somewhere completely different. Simultaneously, both at the same time. Ah. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do rituals all the time. We do ceremonies all the time. They and they're are they structured? Yes. But are they done in that weird ass way? Like a Japanese tea drinking ceremony. We don't do that. Typically not. Well, unless it's a, from a completely broken individual or somebody just trying to learn their ceremony just for shits and giggles. Because, hey, this is neat. But it's not what we typically do. We still have tea drinking rituals, tea drinking ceremonies. We have well, the all fr- these rituals and ceremonies that we do every day. Well, like the British. Without even thinking about it. The British have straight up tea traditions. It's like you have to have your afternoon tea. I mean, Frick, they actually, it's been explained. They don't even argue about how it's supposed to be done. Yes. Well, like, um, in, uh, uh, they actually talk about how there was this really popular show in Britain. And during the commercial break, literally everyone was going to predictably turn on their electric kettle to make tea. Which is such a massive power increase all at the same time. That they had to plan ahead to borrow energy from another country just to be able to deal with that massive spike at that exact moment. And this was predictable, meaning that they knew they were going to do that. You know, the moment there's a commercial. I'll just put the kettle on. Oh no, it's happening. (laughs) And, And then you have to ask yourself, while they could predict this, and while they knew that was going to happen, this is... The governmental body or the the, peop- the power management people. They knew this was going to happen. Did Bob and Francine know that George and, and uh, Cheryl was going to be doing the same thing at the same moment? Did they plan this? Absolutely not. No, it's just everyone wanted tea. Everyone. It was the, it's the tea ritual. Yeah, it's British. <laughs> it's just being British. Which is like, I don't know. Moy had shared something. Uh. Uh, yesterday where some people was um, uh, dedicating a song to Perun. And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, I just want to stab that guy right in the bottom of his lung. But the, my, my issue with it wasn't dedicating the song to Perun. It was the way that they did it. When really what they should have been to, to do something like that. You ever start singing a song? Just start singing a song. And, and it's, a, it's a song that everybody knows. And you sing it with such power, everybody else starts singing it. Uh, you've at least seen it in movies. And it really does spontaneously happen. That, that is the power of that kind of de- dedicated uh, um, song. And if everybody's just aware that this is something that we're going to do, we're going to sing the song. When you hear the song, just stop what you're doing and sing. Voila. Well, oddly enough, a good example of the power of a song like that is it's in a it's in a relatively modern movie, but uh, mm-hmm. Mockingjay, I think, where she starts singing the song "Are you Are you coming to the tree?" Uh, hang, hang the hanging the tree, tree or something like the that. The hanging tree, and yes, it's in the movie, and there's like time jumps. And but I've seen it. that actually happen. 
where somebody just starts singing a song that everybody knows. Next thing you know, you got a hundred people singing, and nobody. It wasn't orchestrated. It's just the person that started it started it with passion and feeling, with power, and then it just rippled out. It, it was just wow, just amazing. And on that note, um, I'm going to go ahead and read a Groundhog Carol. A Groundhog Carol. This is to the tune of... Oh, hold on. Let me check the time here. Uh, Let's pause for a commercial break real quick, and then we can read the Groundhog Carol. (coughs) All right, and fresh back from the commercial, so we can now read the Groundhog Carol. All right, and this is uh, sung to the tune of Dashing Through the Snow. He sleeps in the ground on a farm outside of town. His little ears are round and his coat is furry brown. The same time every year, February 2nd is the day that we find out spring is near or winter's here to stay. Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day, Jimmy wakes today to tell the folks around the world what his shadow had to say. Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day, Jimmy wakes today to tell the folks around the world what his shadow had to say. Uh, That's here's another one uh, Jimmy the Little Brown Groundhog you can tell these are from Jimmy uh, Jimmy the Little Brown Groundhog lives on a farm near Sun Prairie and through the long cold winter he sleeps so very peacefully then on February 2nd Jimmy opens up an eye and if he sees his shadow we all shake our heads and sigh if Jimmy sees sees his shadow then then we know that winter will stay but if the sky is dark and gray we know that spring is on its way jimmy the little brown groundhog has done his little task again and we who love some prairie share our fun and joy with him well at least they just hang their heads and cry and not everybody's gonna die because that's where i would have went with it Hey, it still rhymes. Don't judge me. Here's another one. Uh, it's to the tune of Henry VIII. I'm Jimmy, Jimmy VIII. I am Jimmy VIII. I am. I am. I'm related to the Jimmy Jimmies before. There's been seven other hogs before, and everyone was a Jimmy Jimmy. It couldn't be a Willie or a Phil or a Phil. I'm the eighth old groundhog. I'm Jimmy Jimmy VIII. I am. So they've not only got the stories, and they actually have stories that link the various groundhogs together. They have poetry and songs. And actually, the recognition of the other groundhogs, for instance, like the, uh, what's that called, where they they fight with each other, but they're not fighting with each other. Um, Flitting? No. Not conflict. Phil and Jimmy, they have a... A rivalry. Rivalry? Thank you. Thank you for the English word. Uh, The the rivalry. So they're recognizing each other as being legitimate, but what they're arguing over is who is more accurate or who is better at it. Yeah. And Orphy, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. And basically, the, the fact that they all recognize each other as being legitimate while still competing with each other. And saying they are the only groundhog that counts. Well, yeah. also, yeah, that there's that guy over there. But uh, yeah, I'm the one that you should listen to. Yeah. 
So that that's cool. There's some really interactive storytelling. Uh, they want you to do one. What? Yeah. Uh, no, I shall not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If, if oh, somebody I'm, gives us a what, what is that a lemon jet thing, then I'll do one. Okay. So if anyone gives us a ninjet, you will get a song from CG, but not before. That that is that is the decree of CG. Somebody's like, how much money is that? It's ten bucks, I think. No, wait. I think it's a hundred bucks. Holy shit! Yeah, that's a lot to pay just to hear you sing a song. Yes, and I I will sing with gusto, with gusto, with verve and gusto. Yes, he gusto. <laughs> okay, I got another one. Puxatani Phil looked out. Puxatawney Phil looked out from his winter dwelling, saw no shadow on the ground, springtime was foretelling, winter soon will go away, warmth of spring returning, longer now gets every day, as the planet's turning, winter winds are icy cold, a chilly type sensation, so that we resort to find some warmth in hibernation. Sunk, <laughs> snug within our burrows, we escape the winter's blast. Tell in good time we shall see spring return at last. But you see, should I sing, the sky might crack from the sheer power of my voice. He does have a nice voice. I've heard him sing relatively nonsense songs. Oh, I didn't know I yeah. could actually sing. <laughs> you can. You have a, a deep baritone. Anyway. <laughs> the tomb you see in Skyrim, that's, uh, that's essentially footage copied from, uh, from CG as he's singing. Nice. I take it to Skycracks and the storms and the earth trembles. The dead and rise. People, get, What's people that? are sent flying in all directions. Yes. Well, my... Yes. So, remember at the beginning of the show where I read the Groundhog Oath of Allegiance? So when they actually do that, first of all, the members of Groundhog Lodges are themselves called Groundhogs. So they're ground they're Groundhog initiates. So when they take the <laughs> oath, when they take the oath, they have to lift their hands up like this, like little groundhog paws, and hold their paws up at their side and do the allegiance that way. Nice. So they actually imitate the stance of like a groundhog standing on his hind legs. Yes. And they bring in the groundhog himself uh, as like a piece of honor. And then they have a statue of a groundhog that is larger than a man that they will crown during ceremonies. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. That's wow, so it, here's my question. we've got two different predictions going. Oh, really? So, yes. See, see, here's my question, though, with the, with the statue thing. Do these groundhog people believe that this statue is an actual groundhog? Do, do they believe that this groundhog statue is an actual god? No, it's a representation of the king groundhog, which they will often use in skits and plays where the king groundhog is a character. And, and I'm sure our audience is intelligent enough to know why I ask these, these very simple questions. And if, if you haven't figured it out, just think of academics and scholars and how they describe how it is that we did things. We're still effectively the same people. We just have a different batch of knowledge and experiences. 
And the holidays have changed a bit. And the holidays have changed a bit, but we at our core are still the same. That's why I asked, do, do these groundhog cultists believe this is a real groundhog? No. Do, do they believe it's really the king groundhog? No. Because I'm guessing that's who the stand-in is for since they're putting a crown on it. Yeah, it, they do not. It is a statue. It is a representation Might of the Might some of them get upset if you smash that statue, you think? Probably. Because they, it's uh, the, the statue of the lodge. It's important to them. It's used in who knows how many skits and plays. But and do they worship the statue? No, it's just their statue of the King Groundhog. And yet, I'm willing to bet almost every scholar, every academic out there, if you remove this by a century or two, will claim that they actually worshipped the statue. <laughs> and some might like do it right now. Like... What's that? Like drop food at its legs and go on your knees and do the whole waving your hands up and then putting your face to the floor and doing it over and over, saying hill, groundhog. <laughs> right, and, and I'm pretty sure that there's probably scholars and academics that say that right now, trying to demonize it as something that it's not. Well, they have recognized that it's a totem animal because the ground there are basically two totem animals for the Pennsylvania Dutch. Mm -hmm. There's the groundhog, which is the big well, one. Uh, but the reason why I bring this up is because we have people in our own circles that think that our ancestors actually did this. That they would literally worship the river or the stream, literally worship the the pond or the lake, literally worship the tree, literally worship the well. No. No, that's not how this works. Gather there. Um, think of it as like the modern statue at the, the, the groundhog thing. What's that, Hans? I think a very good way of looking at our ancestral ways is to, you know, take the word worship and pluck it right out of your vocabulary. Just don't use it. That's actually, I think that's actually good advice. Right. Well, and, and there's no problem with the actual definition of worship. It is actually accurate enough. However, that is not the perception we, of the work. We That's have, we have reverence for those things, but not worship. Yeah, it's, uh, that's for the desert tribes. Right, worship in the the common perception of the word. So you might understand the actual definition of the word worship, like we understand the actual definition of worship. However, most people do not, and even if they do, that knee jerk reaction is the common perception of worship. So, yeah, I think Hans is right that you're just further off just plucking it out of your, um, out of your dictionary and throwing it, throwing it to the side for now until we can clean it up. It's going to take a while. Well, and, like, the way you can think of the statues, it's like there are gnome statues and stuff that is done for, like, the Tomte. And sometimes it's done for protection. Sometimes it's done because people just like them. What it effectively is is it's encouraging whatever spirit or whatever or deity or whatever – Hey, this is friendly to you. It's like yeah. you can look at Halloween as you're well, hiding you, from the monsters, or you can look at it as the opposite. You're saying, hey, spirits, we're friends. Yeah. So, and which way do you prefer to live? In fear or in joy? The, the whole fear your deities thing? No. And it's not that there aren't legitimate, if you're theistic pagan. There aren't legitimate times that you probably don't want to piss them off. But at the same time, no, don't live in fear. That's fucking pointless. You know, respect and fear are two different things. 
Yeah. And really, you shouldn't fear. You shouldn't live in fear. And right now, there's plenty of things that people live in fear of. You shouldn't live in fear. To put it in Mayo's words, Mayo B's words, fear is a true virus. And you can see that. It's true. Now we see that more than ever in our entire lives. That's, uh, yeah, I think that's worthwhile to keep in mind. Well, and just so that people know, um, again, today's February 1st. I wiped the Teespring store clean. There's, if you go check it right now, there's nothing in there. Um, because I, I wiped it out. Um, later today or tomorrow, I'll probably start putting stuff on there again. But yeah, if you was looking forward to that shirt, uh, of, uh, with the quote from the antlered one on there. Yeah, it's gone. It, it'll never come back. It'll never come back. Um, so yeah, you, you got to keep up on this. Otherwise you're just going to miss out. And currently right now I was going to put uh, a mask up actually with uh, fear is the true virus. Um, but it glitched out on me. It wouldn't let me post it up there. And what's the name of the Teespring store? Oh yeah. Heimdaller's home. Yes, it's and we've got a lot of different things going on right now. We've got the magazine, which the second one will be fully written and sent to our editor soon, um, to the uh, the graphic designer, and get it all formatted, and then get it off to the publisher sometime in March, probably. And uh, we've also got the Wilder Holmes project. We've got the Instagrams. We've got the Telegram. Aethelwolf is working on stuff. Which Wilder Holmes it did stall out, honestly. The the site it stalled out through January, however. Uh, now I got some things done, got my head straightened around because I worked my brain to oatmeal for a while. Um, yeah, but they, yeah, I'm going to be able to start working, uh, adding more stuff to the Wilder Home site again. Um, is CB in the audience? Uh, CB, nope. If CB, you listen to this lady later, uh, send me a message, um, a direct message. I, I want to talk to you about something real quick. Um, I it's saw nothing CB bad. in the audience. Okay, but um, yeah, and if... Yeah, after the show, send me a, a DM. I got some questions, basically, that I want to ask. Or check your damn DMs, because <laughs> I've sent you a couple of them. <sighs> but the um, the whole thing we're getting at here is actually perfectly represented in one of the books I got when I was studying Groundhog Day. Uh-huh. Its title is literally Serious Nonsense. That's actually the perfect description of a lot of our holidays. It is serious nonsense. Yes. Which is, I mean, it's like the Krampus stuff. They take it very seriously. You know, making the costumes, carving the masks, getting the furs already, practicing, getting everything done. But it's just, it's a bunch of fun. Right. And really, that that's what it should, it's about living. It's about living life. There's There's a time to be serious and there's a time to play and... Unfortunately, there is not enough time to play, so we have to make time to play. I agree. And well, here's a fun fact uh, about uh, the, the Perchton runs, which are similar to the Canopus runs. And this is a bit off topic, but it is actually said if you didn't pray for two weeks before going on the Perchton runs, you could jump and do Perchton, uh, the Perchton, if you were playing a Perchton, even better. Like, you could jump faster, jump higher. Like, there was one tale of one that jumped so high, he ended up in the sky. 
<laughs> like, just just got stuck there, and then when he fell down, of course he died because it was too fucking high. But basically, he ended up in the sky because he could jump so high. Yes, because he didn't bother praying to the Christian God for a while. Right. Uh, is there a little bit of poetry in that? Sure is. But it, yeah, it's, I really don't like it when um, because we are we are actually a serious people. We are a dour, uh, but dour isn't the right word. We we are like Conan. He's um, he's well for Conan. I would say there is just a philosophical side to him that makes but, him think about life. But he is very very serious. He is very serious until it's time to not be serious, and then he is extremely boisterous. And our people, we do have a tendency to be serious. And we are very thoughtful and and inflective. So we have to remember to laugh, even if we have to set a day to laugh. Maybe pensive is the way to go, I don't know. Uh, pensive isn't quite right either because it has a fearful um, connotation. Oh. Uh, Did you say pensive or passive? Pensive. I would not describe our people as naturally passive. Um, Oh, no, 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 no. no. (laughs) Even when we're happy, we're belligerent. Yes, but we're... We have a tendency to be serious. And well, we take serious things very, very seriously. Well, we can't, almost deadly so. Well, even but, fun stuff we take serious. Yeah, we we uh, serious silliness. Well, it's like who has the biggest pumpkin? I mean, I think there's probably plenty of family feuds that have started over like a centimeter difference and thinking they got screwed over because my pumpkin was bigger, Peter. Right, or three grams difference in the weight, and then uh, the other one family is like, oh. We're, our pumpkin was three grams heavier. And the other family is like, well, that's because you cheated and you threw some dirt up on the scale. Yeah, that's because of the bird shit on it, John. Right, yeah. We scrubbed ours down. You just took yours dirt and all. That's where the extra three grams. So ours was actually bigger because you had fully a kilo of dirt and bird shit on it. It's like when a family has like these inner turmoils over like a gravy boat. I know you've still got it, Susan. That's sort of thing. <laughs> I don't. You can say you returned it all you want, but I know you have it, right? But and, and that's why our our most of our stuff it should actually be not structured in that way because we are already that way. We are very serious. We are a extremely serious people, but we are also really silly. Uh, unfortunately for us, it seems most of our silliness needs to be scheduled. Um, we are so, we are actually semi-solitary people, but we require other people to be around. Because, I mean, really, who doesn't want to live, you know, a mile away from their nearest neighbor? And yet, when you get that, then you start seeking out company. Because there are people that get that, and then they actively seek out company. Well, I often state... Um uh, that the uh, the bear and the wolf, so that close-knit tribal bond that the, the wolves have, mm-hmm. but also that solitary except around holiday thing the bear have, that 
those two sort of social structures combine, and that's essentially how whites work, how we work. Yeah. Like, we like people being around, but we also like to be able to, uh, how does it Southern Nordic put it, piss off our back porch without somebody getting twisted because we're pissing off our back porch and having the police called on us. I mean, people wouldn't necessarily mind having neighbors so so close so long as you can still do what it is that you want to do. Exactly. And I think one important thing to bring up is the one of the older names for the groundhog in terms of its scientific name actually translates to something along the lines of bear rodent or rodent bear, mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons that in many ways the groundhog tradition is descendant of the bear tradition of Europe. It's a tiny miniature bear. Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a bear or you can get a safer version of a bear, why not? Uh, no. uh Hailstorm, you were saying earlier that you had... Uh, did they already do their grand Groundhog's Day up there? Because you were saying that there's um, opposing... Yes, um, yes they, they did. So it looks like uh, Weartin Willie, who's the most famous Canadian groundhog, he's the white one, the albino one. Uh, he has predictions of early spring for Ontario to westwards. And then the other groundhog... Ah, uh, gosh, I forget his name in Halifax, uh, predicts a longer winter. So it looks like Eastern Canada gets stuck in winter. <laughs> well, and it, considering how big Canada is, if you have basically two main groundhogs on opposite ends of the country. Well, actually, yeah. there's, there's, there's three according to the book. There's one in, Ontario. there's Willie in Ontario. There's one in Quebec. But we haven't had a prediction from the one in Quebec. Not sure what's going well, on there. That's because he's French, so he's fashionably late. Wee <laughs> <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. Fred la Marmotte. That's the one in Quebec. <laughs> Fre Fred the Marmot? La Marmotte. Pretty much. That's me flexing my linguistic skills. As tiny as they are. <laughs> Impressive. I, I struggle with English. And that's the only language I speak, so that's not that impressive. But English is such a big language. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, English has how many dialects? All of them. <laughs> well, I mean, just in England, there's like, what, like over a hundred easy. Yeah. And then in America, there's e easily over 200. Right, well, and depending on which version of... Um, Depending on which, not version, um, uh, dictionaries have, uh, fuck. Appendix? No. Well, they do. Definitions? Definitions. Depending on which definition of language you want to go by, I speak anywhere between half of one to over a thousand. All of them are English. Yeah, that was funny when you told me that the the... The Africans consider British English and American English and all the other different subgroups of English as different languages. Yes. Instead of dialects. Yes. So, and that's how so many of these Africans speak 7, 8, 12 different languages. They don't. Yeah, it's just instead of, you have, yeah. <laughs> it might even sound exactly the same to us. But yeah, they actually classify British English, American English, Australian, Australian English, English, Northern and Southern American English, 
uh, as different languages. <laughs> so, according to... And, and all these linguists, or all these modern people, they want to give them those definitions so that the Africans sound like they're smarter because, well, they all speak seven different languages. They all speak 12 different languages. That way they seem smarter. So, if that's the case, I speak over a thousand languages. It's just they all happen to be English because... I haven't come across somebody that speaks speaks English that I cannot communicate with, and that's even some of the the weird stuff that you hear in like Scotland and portions of Ireland where it barely sounds oh, like definitely. English. I don't actually need the subtitles. That is its own language. <laughs> well, it, the what is it? There there are some Celtic. So long as the so long as it's structured the same way as English ish, um, and. 90% of the words are the same, we even if they're out. used differently. I can understand people well, using how, English. How many people don't know that bairn means baby? And or couldn't figure it out by context. Yeah. Oh, the wee bairn. Yeah. Especially if they're pointing at a mother with a wee bairn. It's not that hard. And some of the dialects of like uh, Scottish and uh, Irish and Welsh... They're straight up different languages with just a lot of English loan words. Yeah. And you can still kind of figure it out. Yeah. So uh, I speak like a thousand different languages. That's why I struggle with with English is because there's so many little minute differences. English. Learn it. You will need it. Yes. And, and there's connotations and these two words on the surface mean the same thing. But if you actually know the definition of the word... They mean completely different things. The Rolodex of words in my head is just ridiculously big. Yep. Ridiculously big. And sometimes I'll lose the word now. About 4 o'clock in the morning, I'll sit straight up from bed, say the word that I was looking for, and go right back to sleep. <laughs> yep. I actually do that. <laughs> so if I don't figure out what, it, what that word is while I'm awake, I will figure it out while I'm asleep. Yes, I, I have heard the mumbles. So, yeah, it's the thing. But the, um, yeah, it's, it, this is just a fun holiday. Should be. Just, just have some fun, have some schnitzel, have some beer. I mean, actually. I mean, you all even have to have schnitzel. I mean, if you, if you, uh, I would encourage people to have better alcohol than beer. <laughs> but hey, if that's what you like, do that. I know, but American beer is terrible. And, and actually, you don't even have to have the alcohol. You don't have to. It's not a requirement. There, um, Thor isn't going to come down and donkey on the head with Milner if you don't have have the alcohol. No, it's it's just have fun. You know, uh, this is one more reason we really need our pagan communities up and going, so we can actually have holidays and fun. Yeah, because right. well, and that's one of the things I, I was talking about before is when we get to town I am basically I'm hoping I can get somebody to just walk around with a camera all the time just walk around with me so I can get people celebrating and not even know that they're celebrating so I can show what it actually is because uh, I know how people are going to behave when they first first show up to to this town is oh we're going to celebrate Groundhog's Day they're going to want to do everything all super organized and so then we'll do it and just not tell them what it is so that they don't behave in that pattern. So that they can actually relax and have fun. And say, and show, this is pagans getting together doing pagan things. Yeah, I will 
I will say I have had to put some celebrations together in the past. And yes, when you are overly... Because I, I, I've messed up small things before. And it is devastating when you're overly, overly... Uh, crap. When you're overly uh, focused on making sure everything... Because you... Structured? You, yeah, overly structured. Because if you say one wrong thing when you're announcing the lineup... Fuck. Now all the paper sheets are inaccurate. you got to swap the axe... Because people are expecting this band and the it's a whole thing. It, it's you slip one tongue, you remember something in the wrong order, and because it's overly structured, it doesn't flow as well. It, it was it was a whole thing. Or or like uh your your ballroom dances. Everybody has this mental image of a ballroom dance, right? What happens if one person missteps? And it's overly structured like that, pretty soon you have yourself um What's that one bike bicycle race where every every time somebody wipes out and there's like a hundred bicycles fall on top of them? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You know what you know what I'm talking. Is the Tour de France? <laughs> yeah, the Tour de France is what I was talking about. In this ballroom dance, if it's this highly structured ballroom dance that everybody imagines, one person misstep, not even fall down. But just do they don't step quite far enough, or they they step just a slight bit too far. Next thing you know, you got Tour de France, and a hundred bicycles fell on top of each other. Dresses are everywhere, shoes pop off, the top hats go rolling, and it's just a mess. However, the way it should actually be done, it doesn't matter if somebody spins at the wrong time, or somebody's just a little too far. Somebody's just slightly off beat for half a second. It doesn't actually do anything. And <clears throat> this might sound ridiculous, but I've seen ballets. Because, yes, I've watched ballets. I've seen ballets where one dancer misses a cue by just a part of a beat. And you end up with the Tour de France crash, but with ballerinas and ballerinos are the males. And it just turns into a heap of fucking arms and legs everywhere because <laughs> one person missed something. It's not that there isn't a place for that much structure, but in our in our everyday life, in our celebrations, in our general rituals that we do, it's you can see it can quickly get detrimental. So have some fun. Yeah, it's we have welcome, to f- cheese man. Yeah, welcome, Moy. He popped in. All right, he's about ready to start defending the guy that I wanted to stab in the yes. bottom of the lung. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Well, again, it's only a four-minute thing. I so it's not it's not the core that I disagree with. It's the you know the the false positive that I mentioned yesterday. Mm-hmm. So we can get into this this mode where we're looking at um, like this artificial structure that most pagan groups are making, mm-hmm. and then you know automatically assume that that must be the case when you do see structure. So we don't we don't want to fall into the other extreme either. Right, which is why I asked what it was for. Um, because there yeah. are times where structure is a thing. However, it is generally not a thing. Song to Perun on the on the day of Perun. Which again, and that that doesn't tell me enough to be like, oh yes, that level of structure is that's the well, thing. I mean, how much how much can I tell you if you don't speak Polish? Right, I exactly. Can, I can describe it. It'd be one of those things that honestly would be best if I was there. I might agree 100%, but I've seen this done so much that I just want to beat people with sticks when I see it done. Because there are certain things that my family would do, and you'd be like, aha, you guys super structure stuff. Yes. 
and it's for this reason and we're doing this thing. So yeah. it might be a thing. It's one of those things I got to be there um, to know, is this a fake structure or is this an honest structure? Yeah, genuine. Right. But yeah. well, you see where I'm going with it, though, is because then I turned around and I, I showed some really cringy stuff, which. Mm, oh, no, I, uh, I, I understand. Yeah, you know, I, I just don't want to fall into the other extreme as well. Right. Because they're, yeah, it, we are people of extremes and we have a tendency to wander too far one way or the other and forget uh, all this middle area. Yeah. Because, like, uh, weddings, they should be semi-structured. That's mm. the key. Semi-structured because that's supposed to be a celebration. Funerals should be extremely structured for mm. a very small portion of time. Yeah. And then... On each end of those is a bit of chaos. But during this moment of a funeral, super structured. Yeah. So the beforehand and the afterwards, less so. What's that? Oh, I said sorry, so really to keep having both. Yes. So, yeah, it, no, it's one of those one things. The other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Structured. Use yourself for branches. <laughs> so, yes. it's one of these things, but most people approach stuff sideways um, basically trying to mirror the Christianity which they're familiar with or the Islam that they're familiar with or the Hinduism mm -hmm. that they're familiar with or they're completely the opposite fucking end of the spectrum and neither one of these are actually what it should be. Because like Groundhog's Day, it's, it's a perfect fucking example. Because is there structure? Yes. Is it tight structure? Only during a particular moment. Mm. And then outside of that, it's got a loose structure, which is what allows it to be a thing. And I can say when I was first, you know, coming home, whatever term you want to use, I was, it was. I, There's I no good term yet. We, we haven't yeah. figured it out yet. I think coming home is, it's decent enough. It uh, works. But yeah, uh, I, I was, I got into the, that extreme, you know, the, the structure I need to, I need to bow and, and. Everything has to be about, um, you know, obeisance and and extreme reverence, <laughs> because that's what I was used to. That sounds womanism. miserable. So it just goes, yeah, it was. That's that's not how. I mean, the, the, the gods are are are, you know, the greatest of the family, essentially. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's that's very strange and unnatural. <clears throat> But yeah, so yeah, I, I've seen I've seen both extremes. Yeah, which is it's a thing. Uh, uh, I don't know if you watched the Groundhog Day uh, ceremony, but it it is actually structured, um, and sometimes it's more formal than other times, depending on on where where it's held uh, and who's doing it. But it's, mm. it's always basically the same thing, and then they get on their fancy hats or their fancy nightgowns, and it's yeah. always roughly the same. So there's your structure for the, the whole Groundhog's Day. Like when, um, on the, but the book I'm looking at. With, you know, it's punctuated with the genuine, uh, you know, community atmosphere. The, exactly. The genuine folkiness. Exactly, yeah. and you'll notice too and that the ceremony is pretty short, and if you mm -hmm. blink, you might miss it. Yeah, 
Well, I, I, and I think I think you I, you would be pleased with the Perunde celebration because after that, you know, everyone they'll drink and uh, I was talking a bit about this yesterday, but they'll mm -hmm. ha they'll spar, they'll have some wrestling matches and mm -hmm. a little bit. So I've seen some uh, practice, you know. Um, well, they'll even they'll even get out the uh, traditional uh, axes and uh, and shields. You know, right. it depends on. But on that video that you showed me, you can see some people in there. I'm like, ah, that person, they're they're, they're doing it closer to to our, our people. But you can see some some people in that crowd too. Looks like they just just came from church. And I'm not talking about the clothes that they're wearing. I'm talking about the body language that they have. And those ones there, I'm like, mm, I'm not sure if they quite get what well, it is that they're they supposed to be doing. It, yeah, it could be. It could be. They're also coming. Some of those those folk are also coming home, and yeah. so they're interacting with native faith in a in a Catholic way, right? Which is I'm, I'm not saying that's not a possibility, but it is just a form of what well, I don't know, like three and a half minute snapshot. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's why I was asking questions about it. And, uh, there's still that knee-jerk reaction that I have. And it's because I'm so adamantly against... Well, I've seen so much of it where people will come in. They they try doing Groundhog's Day, for instance, since that's what we're talking about today. But then they go about it in the most rigid, ritualistic way possible yes. where it just smothers the intention behind it. So that's why I get all, Gah! Where's my stick? <laughs> You well, must fear the, the the what was it the rodent bear? Yes, yeah, the the rodent bear, the bear rodent. Don't forget bear to rodent. kneel and grovel to the rodent bear statue, and leave your offerings. He prefers tens and twenties. Well, and here here here's a weird thing that I don't think a lot of people realize is it used to be tradition. So the original uh, for Puxatani Phil, the original um, costume that the people who. Uh, who were his inner circle war were the outfits of groundhog hunters, because, which makes sense. So they were a, it was a, the groundhog was a popular game meat and still is in some areas, um, and actually was especially when eaten on Groundhog Day was considered heavenly in terms of its taste. Mm. Mm. So yeah, they they and eat. Phil was just happy he wasn't on the menu. No, he gets to get he gets. <laughs> well, and that's actually kind of. Uh, 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 reflected in the American Turkey Day Festival, I think it is, for the White House, where you get the turkey that's pardoned. Yeah, the pardoned turkey. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of reflected there as well. And I'm sure somebody could go through history and find all kinds of examples of this all through our history, where this meat is has a tendency to be eaten on this day, however, like a, a, a boar or whatever. And... While they're eating boar, they go out of their way to capture a wild boar. They feed it and they, they treat it with all this, this reverence. And then afterwards, they let it go. Like the King Puck goat. Yeah, like the King King. I, I'm pretty sure that stuff is like everywhere all through history and probably done in a hundred thousand different ways. Well, it's like the... Well, this is a, a looser thing, but like uh, the festival, festival of the Snakes mm -hmm. uh, and Gita's Festival. And Gita, uh, whichever it's pronounced as. I'm sorry, Mio. Um, but the um, 
The snakes are placed over the statue, and they carry it throughout town, and people snake handle. And then they handle. set it on fire. No, then they oh. then they. I don't know. I don't think they get put. The, they put them somewhere. I don't know if they give them away. I need to do more research into that. I, I have unfortunately neglected many. They of the chop them up customs. with shovels and they sing to Vishnu. No, I don't oh. even know if people eat snake very commonly <laughs> in Europe. I know rattlesnake is eaten in the Southwest. I I, I find it funny that most our people, of it depends on the size. Yeah, my pe- I find it funny that our people are like, that thing can kill me if it bites it. I'll show it! <laughs> that thing will kill me if it bites me. I'll show it, damn it. I'm going to bite it first. And nothing tastes quite as good as something that could poss- potentially eat you back. That, prob- mm. that explains pork. Yes. Yeah, pigs are... Bear patty. Yeah. In Russia. <laughs> well, that could mean a couple I different things. Try to- yeah, okay. <laughs> they they uh, they usually try to feed them honey. I think. Oh, before they eat them. I think so. Yeah. Or oh, so honey. So no, they. I'm trying to remember. So they potentially farmed uh, bears, or yeah, are you talking about a, pigs? The. Oh, I'll have to look into it again. It's been a while, but they. How they dare you come them. on our show and not have all the information of the world at your fingertips? You're not ready. Have you not sold your soul to Yogg-Sothoth? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just fucking with you there. But, um... It's, it, we gotta be able to have fun, folks. Everyone, we gotta have fun. I'd also like to say, I forgot, mm. I did not realize we were actually uh, streaming on YouTube. I thought that we had failed to set that up, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, was, you guys <laughs> So I have not been keeping an eye on the YouTube chat. I will admit that. I know that doesn't matter yeah, to any... Yeah, CB was in YouTube chat. Okay. I feel kind of bad. I didn't mean to neglect everyone over there. Thank you for coming and watching the stream. Uh, this will be on Anchor, of course, later. So for those of you who only listen on Anchor, it's not as big a thing. But, yeah, it's... it's... <laughs> Well, I had to walk away for a minute. I knew that we were streaming on YouTube. Well, I thought that uh, because it Because I to... said that, yes, we're going to stream it to YouTube as well because it's a holiday. Well, I think it's not going to be a marathon. We were gonna tr- but... I knew we were going to do it. I just thought like there had been like an issue. I misunderstood something. Ah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's your story. You tell it any way that you want. It's good. <laughs> But, um, yeah, we're streaming to YouTube. And it's, literally, it's just because this is holiday. It's not going to be a holiday marathon like on Yule. or So don't get too excited. But, yeah, it's, we're going to leave it up on there. And it's going on the podcast as well because I'm, I'm recording everything. And we're actually in the last several minutes, so uh, we can start wrapping this up. Well, I will say this is my third favorite holiday after Halloween and Yule, especially when you get the dark, gritty, Krampus Yule cap people. I love the – because I love the Santa Claus myth because I was raised in America with Santa Claus. I I love all that stuff, but I love that there's all this dark, gritty stuff from Europe and rising in America because it is a dark time. You're supposed to be the light – in the dark. Not just lights everywhere. That's a different holiday. That's freaking Midsummer and those <laughs> variants. It's the day to remember the darkness but know that we are together and can work forward. And 
the the quarter months, the the holidays like Groundhog Day, in bulk, uh, the little lights in uh, Belgium and stuff like that, Candlemas Day for the Christians that might be listening to us. So, which is just you know a ripoff of in bulk and stuff like that. But either way, if it's you call not an actually a Christian holiday, so have so, fun with that. Have fun, enjoy it. Have fun. <laughs> have fun. Things actually are. Yeah. Everyone just just have fun. It's Groundhog Day. The Groundhog's going to make his prediction. Everyone's just going to have fun. If, if nothing else, watch the Bill Murray movie. Go have a beer with friends. Do something. Because it's a holiday. It's important. And it's the midwinter holiday. It's one of many. We have, you know, Carnival slash Mardi Gras coming up. There's Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Baba Marta. There's so many holidays in this time. And it's because we're waiting for spring. It's to bring us together in the cold nights of the year, the cold days. That's why the hol- the holiday starts at night. It doesn't start in the morning tomorrow at some arbitrary time. Well, it knows most most of our holidays are from fall until spring is fully in, yeah. and then there's one or two celebrations through the summer. We have some fairs, yeah, but. For the most part, the summer is relatively holiday-free, and then uh, holidays start again in the fall. And that's when they're, like, one right on top of the other. Everybody's too busy uh, working, farming, swimming, hunting, knocking boots, all the fun stuff you can do in summer to worry about holidays. Or it's too damn hot to do anything. Or people's already together. Yeah, it's... it's We got... So... Happy Groundhog Day from myself and I think everyone else here. And hail the groundhog. Hail the ancestors. Hail the gods. And just have fun, people. Let loose. Is Taking the stoic expression off your face for one day is not going to ruin your cred. <laughs> Tow out. Hail. Have a good day. Good Groundhog's Day. Heed uh, Puxatoni Phil's prognostications <laughs> yes happy groundhog's day everyone and then hans Uh-oh. oh can you hear me yep so uh yeah to everyone have a good time and uh i'll uh yeah, let's see if by next year I know a little bit more than I knew uh, this year at Groundhog Day. <laughs> Hope it's all the same for you guys. Bye. All right, and then, yeah, I'm just going to remind everybody, don't forget to have a little bit of fun. This is a perfect excuse. Um, so continue on uh, becoming the guy that you're born to be, and we will see you guys Thursday unless things happen to where we don't or we see you before that. All right, anyways, we're out. Um and everybody just be fucking amazing each February 2nd we all gather around to watch a little rodent crawl out of the ground if he sees a shadow winter will still be here but if he doesn't Spring is very near. Everybody sing. We don't care much for chipmunks and squirrels. Our best say, don't like them stinky old skunks. Won't go for gophers no way. Could care less about prairie dogs. The woodchucks are okay. 
we really love that Groundhog Hooray for Groundhog Day. Y'all know the same. We don't care much for chipmunks and squirrels are the same. We don't like them stinky old skunks that won't go for gophers, no way. Could care less about prairie dogs, the woodchucks are okay. We really love that Groundhog. Hooray for Groundhog Day. You ain't nothing but a Groundhog. Yeah. Lying all the time. You ain't nothing but a groundhog. Lying all the time. Well, you ain't never seen a shadow. You ain't no friend of mine. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you.